I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic, where we get to know the people behind the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. And I'm singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Marcia Novelli. If you'd like to be a part of my new solo album, please visit marcianovelli.com slash pledge. This week, we're excited to chat with music publicist and friend of the show, Laura Goldfarb. Laura is the big kahuna at Red Boot PR and writer and producer at BTR Today, where she also hosts the weekly jam session show. She created Red Boot PR in 2009 with the goal to breathe integrity back into the industry and treat PR clients like family. She's worked with artists including past guests Keaton Simons, Jesse Mocked, and Gabe Dixon, and she also writes for Sonic Bits blog for their Ask a Publicist section. She was recently a panelist at South by Southwest talking about the secrets of pitching your band and has been featured on Examiner.com, Hypebot, and TuneCore. She owns four pairs of red boots, and if you're wearing a pair of your own when you see her, she'll buy you a beer. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, yeah, you might uh, recognize some of that intro because, I, yeah, obviously I lifted a lot of that directly from your website. But I, when I was yeah. reading it, it just made me smile plagiarism. and I was just like, oh, thanks. You guys read it so well. I appreciate it. Um, it's that's truly one of the best introductions I've ever had. So thank well, you. <laughs> I mean, it was the first take for both Ross and I. Uh, by no means was that like a five take or anything. Um, <laughs> Nope. Let's 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 pass uh, the awkwardness on to Laura now and have you tell us three okay. things about yourself that everyone should know. Okay. Um so I just recently took the Myers Briggs assessment. Are you guys familiar with that? Why does that sound really really familiar? <laughs> the name is familiar. Um, uh, the MBTI assessment. Um, one of my clients, um, Nate Staniforth, who is not music magician, and his producer Andy Stoll recommended that I take it. And I am a true ENFP through and through. Um, so, so I've been kind of just geeking out on that lately, and and you know the the characteristics, the personality types, with all of that stuff. So, um, from that, I would say number one. Um, I pour my heart and soul into everything that I do, everything that I'm a part of. Um, I just kind of, uh, for me, for Red Boot, I only work with a few clients at once. Um, and so that kind of goes hand in hand how I can do that. Um, number two, I would say I'm very stimulated by new people and places um, and environments. So I love to travel um, as much as humanly possible, get on a plane and just go. Although admittedly I do get a little bit anxious or nervous on an airplane. So I tend to listen to Bob Marley during takeoff and landing for that. Um, and number <laughs> three, I would say, um, I love to learn. I love just to discover new things about myself, about other people, about the world, just soak it all up like a sponge. I think that, uh, you we're right on the same wavelength as you on that. Nice. And I must say they were expertly delivered as well. It's, you know, it's almost like you've been practicing those, but <laughs> I kind of feel like you haven't been, but you know, 
No, I've just really like been that. geeking out on just the the Myers Briggs thing. I mean, I definitely recommend you guys should should hop on there and check it out and, and do one for yourself because you'll get this whole report of yourself and you'll go through thinking, oh yeah, that's absolutely me. Oh yeah, I do that too. I don't want to admit that I also do that. It's just it's cool. It's a very cool thing. Laura, we've had a we've had a few publicists on the show in our what over almost two years doing it or a year and a half. I don't know how long it's mm-hmm. been. You know, uh, basically, uh, during the big waste of our time doing the show, (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally joking. Uh, we've had a, we've had a few publicists on and they, and they always uh, have something interesting to share about the misconceptions that, um, artists have about publicists. Uh, In your experience, what are the biggest misconceptions or mistakes that artists have made uh, around PR? Um, probably one, assuming that it costs very little money, um, I think that goes for all promo, though, um, whether that's radio, marketing, social media, web design as well. Um, it, I think good PR can cost a fair amount of money. Um, it also doesn't. It also doesn't mean that that the best PR is super expensive. But I, I would say, though, that um, just kind of building a nest egg would be a smart move. Um, also, lead time. I think a lot of uh, a lot of artists don't realize that the process of doing PR really is um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that and that phrase gets thrown out a lot. Um, but it's so important because you need so much time to just kind of prep and figure out what your strategic release is, um, really kind of figuring out what, what your story is and then getting it together. It's not just something that, you know, you call up someone, you say, hey, I want to release a record in three weeks. Let's just go and do it. Um, so lead time is key. And if a publicist is contacted a week or two before you want to release a record and says, yeah, I'll do it, beware. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got an article on Sonic say that. Bids. Not that I've had experience in this. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, God, man. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. I've got an article on Sonic Bids um, of types of publicists to avoid. And, uh, and, and that's definitely those types are up there. The ones I've that will that. just. Yeah. I've read that and I didn't even know that was you because I read that like over a year ago. That's yep. that's awesome. That's really <laughs> awesome. Avoid those. I, yeah, I mean, I think anyone that kind of promises something that sounds like it's way too good to be true, yeah, you know, it probably is too good to be true. I'll make you um, a star. <laughs> yeah, oh, so many of them. God. Well, it's, uh, I think it's also with that too, you know, for PR, there's no guarantees. Um, you know, we can, we can share with prospective clients outlets and publications that we've gotten past clients in, but I, you know, even when that happens, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to get your next client in there. There's, there's so many different variables. So yeah, if someone's promising you the world, just slowly back away. So I'd be interested to know, um, for independent artists, how they can get their first piece of press coverage, maybe maybe not with the publicist, maybe they're not quite at the stage that they need a publicist uh, to get that. And then also once they've got that first piece or first few pieces, how can they leverage that to get more and to kind of build on that? Sure. That's a great question. I would say before anything, just make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. So make sure you've got a killer bio. Um, usually most people, the best thing to do would be to hire someone, hire a professional bio writer to write that for you. It's very difficult to write about yourself, um, especially in a way that would be helpful for press um, because we have a tendency to just sort of put all of this extraneous information and, you know, just hire someone. Um, the second piece too, I would say, would be to hire, uh, hire a professional photographer to take great press photos of you. Um, 
you know, even if it's a friend with a killer camera, do that. Just have something that looks great. Don't do the iPhone picture or the selfie. I've seen many new clients. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's no way. Oh no. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, I got a, uh, a new client submission form about a year ago and the, there was a photo attached to it and it definitely looked like the guy had a flip phone camera, not an iPhone. Um, and it looked as though he was shooting it from the camera was, was kind of at the bottom of his car you know, like the bottom on the floor and he was leaning up and he was just like, hey. <laughs> so that would have been a great, a great fall. Yeah. I can imagine that that was, yeah. no. you wanted to hire him right there, right yeah. there and then. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, so, so having that package together, also a link to your music that's easy to, easy to listen to, whether it's a private stream or public stream, and then all of your social media, as well as a great website. That would be, that would be key. So building that package first, once you have that package, then go and go online and look up your local music publication or, you know, the, the music department of a local newspaper or magazine and send an email or, or, you know, I would say email these days, phone calls are kind of hit or miss, um, and introduce yourself and just say, you know, very briefly who you are and why you're reaching out, be polite, be kind, you know, hi there. I hope you're having a wonderful day. This is, you know, this is my music. Um, I'd love for you to check it out. A short pitch, why they should listen. Um, something other than I'm so great and I'm so amazing. Give us a story. Tell us about, you know, what this music is to you, the recording process, the writing process, who you've been writing with, who you've been working with, where you've been performing, anything like that. And you're probably not going to hear back from them right away. Don't get discouraged. Just follow up in about a week or two. And that I would say would be the greatest way for a super new band to start to kind of build their, their press kit. From that point, just kind of keep doing that. And, you know, if you've got great coverage, you can include that in your pitch email. And then it's just sort of building it from there on out. It's like find out what's special and just a little different about you and highlight that. Right. right? Just this much. <laughs> Don't do like a whole. Yeah, exactly. Page. God. Yeah. But just a little bit, you know, a little goes a long way. We love our uh, viewers and listeners. I know that uh, a large percentage of them are made up of musicians, artists, and even uh, industry professionals. So I think that uh, this could be helpful. Like you, you were just a uh, you were you were just recent on a panel at South by Southwest. So if any of uh, our listeners or anyone tuning into the show for some strange, weird, ungodly reason, um, how can they make the most out of conferences? You know, on either side of the spectrum, whether they're a musician or an industry professional. Oh boy. You know, um, I'm still trying to figure that out. So if you guys have advice, let me know. But, um, you know, for me this year with South by, um, it was such a cool experience. It was my first year being an official part of the conference. And, uh, I mean, I, I think for me, what, what was so fantastic was just putting myself out there, even maybe a little bit more than I might be comfortable with. Um, because for a few days to step outside of your comfort zone way more than you normally do, uh, I think that's super beneficial, but, you know, get your business cards and, and go up to someone and introduce yourself. And if someone says something that sparks your interest or fascinates you, just tell them, let them know. Um, I think acknowledgement, regardless of what industry you're in is so key and so important. I think that's kind of what makes the world go around and what builds relationships. So just putting yourself out there, just saying hello. I think that's, that's the way to go. Did you witness any kind of attempts at building relationships or bad attempts at networking that you would advise people not to do? Um, being a pain in the ass. Uh, 
I think there's a fine line. Um, and I think that goes, uh, with, with building relationships with social media, with PR, um, being persistent, but not obnoxious. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I guess there's this one kind of story that I like to tell, um, on that whole concept, which is, um, I used to live in Venice and my walk from my house to the beach, there was just tons of, of flowers and just really beautiful scenery everywhere. And one day I was walking down and, uh, and this butterfly just kind of came and, and started kind of going around me and thought, Oh, wow, that's a pretty butterfly. Then it just went off and did its thing. And then about five minutes later, it came back and it did that again. And I thought, Oh, wow. I wonder if that's the same one. And then on my way back, back home later that day, I saw it again. And it was just, you know, in its, in its own little glory and doing its own little thing. Um, but it really stuck with me. And I ended up, you know, probably tweeting about it and, and trying to take a photo of it and telling my friends. And I thought, that's the way to approach pitching, to approach networking, to approach social media as well. Um, being being there, being persistent, but not being obnoxious, because it would have been such a different experience if that butterfly had been flying into my face constantly as I was going along that path. I wouldn't have looked at it the same way. It would have become this annoying, obnoxious thing. Um, I might have gone on Twitter and said, I'm being attacked by the most obnoxious butterfly of my entire life. Wow. Um, you know, avoid this path. And so, mm. you know, I think that's sort of the way to approach any sort of networking of, of giving people space, allowing them to, um, to come to you and, and to react as well. Um, but, but just being yourself and just sort of being a little bit more fluid and not so forceful. That is such a great metaphor. <laughs> Thank no, you. It really is. I think that we can all, um, all keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely. I, I know it's a you, super um, kind of like trippy hippie thing, but, um, but yeah, the butterfly. <laughs> we, we just, we just interviewed Brian Thompson and the whole interview was about meditation and Zen and Eckhart Tolle. Oh. And so we're totally on that wave wavelength right now. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> and come on, you live in Venice. Or you lived in well, Venice. Yeah, I Come lived on. in Venice. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come <on>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a Santa Monica kind of guy just because I have kids. So it's a little safe. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have kids, I'd be a Venice guy. <laughs> so you um you recently landed our mutual friend and our past guest, Gabe Dixon, a feature in Rolling Stone. Yeah. Um, I guess this is kind of like the dream, in quotes, placement for so many artists. I mean, a few of our publicist friends have said, you know, one of the first questions that they get asked is when, when, when can I get in Rolling Stone or when can I get in, you know, they're always another like kind of publication. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be interested to know, maybe not, you know, maybe not specifically for, for, for Gabe's placement, but can you tell us a little bit how a feature or an article can be placed in a publication like Rolling Stone from the publicist perspective? Um, and give us an idea of how much work goes into it. Cause I think that's probably one of the misconceptions that a lot of artists have is they don't realize how much work actually goes into even just <laughs> one feature you just send an email that's all it is right oh, yeah of course <laughs> see the fire in her eyes she's like, uh -huh. <laughs> i feel like i'm my own bitmoji right now just like ah. <laughs> uh yeah you know it, it it is it is sending some emails that's a part of it um it's uh again it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, it's a gradual build 
most of the time. There's there's definitely cases. Uh, I think depending on the artist and what they have going on, if you know they're blowing up in other areas, where you might just send one pitch email and then boom, you've got it and you've got that Rolling Stone feature. Um, you know, for Gabe, what what really just uh, warmed my heart and and made made that feature as incredible as it was was that this is a guy who's been in the music industry for years for such a long time. And he's never had that Rolling Stone feature. He's been signed to major labels, tons of major labels. Um, and they, they never made Rolling Stone happen for him. And so when that feature came in and, and I, he, uh, he did a periscope of it. Um, look mom, I'm in Rolling Stone. And, uh, and that just, Oh, just bursting with joy and, and with pride. But that specific one came about, you know, I had met, um, I had reached out to the writer, Andrew Leahy, um, for Rolling Stone country, maybe a year or two ago. Um, I had, I had read some of his other articles about other artists and I really loved his writing style and I didn't know him yet. And I had never pitched to him before. And so I just let him know, you know, this is who I am. This is, uh, this is my company. This is red boot. And I love your writing. And at some point, you know, maybe I can send you something, but for right now, I just want to say, Hey, and just let you know, you know, I dig your writing. And over the last year, we just built a relationship and I wasn't pitching really anything to him because I didn't have anything at the time that was appropriate. And, uh, and we just got to kind of know each other in a very cool way. And then as it turns out, he's a huge Gabe Dixon fan. So we had that going no for us. Way. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. Um, so he already knew Gabe. So it wasn't just this, you know, well, let me tell you who this person is and, and keep pushing it. Um, so he had wanted to do something with Gabe already, but I mean, yeah, you know, so there you go. That's, that was at least a year of just building a relationship, getting to know the writer and getting him, you know, to just, to just be a cool friend and, and kind of be on our side. And, uh, and then he was down to do it. But I think for any other, for any other, um, placement, any other feature, if the writer doesn't already know the artist, it's going to take even longer. And it's going to take a lot of just gradually showing them why this artist is so fantastic and why they would be a great fit for their publication. Cause that I think is one of the keys too. We forget that, um, we need to to tell the writer and tell the the publication, tell the editors why they would be why the artist would be a good fit for them, not just this artist is fantastic. So making it relatable, but yeah, it takes it takes a long time sometimes. Being genuine but, and authentic, yeah. that's what it is all about, and not just what can you do for me, what can you do for me, what can you do for me. You know, right. building up a genuine and authentic, like I just said, relationship with someone that you actually respect and admire. Right. That's what we, we talk about networking on the show and we always hate that word. It always feels like a dirty word. Cause to me, my, yeah. and I think Ross yeah. to my idea is like, you go somewhere like, here's my card. Here's my card. I don't care who you are. Just give something <laughs> to me, 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 me. But you know, it's just a word we use. I mean, but for me, I think we, we can't, I can't remember what we came up with recently, but it's just the idea of it. Just really, relationship building really. Is, no, is, yeah. What I said of, was, yeah, know, what I was, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> We're so professional. <laughs> For me, it is building friendships within the industry that you're in. That's all. For me, it is. It's, yeah. you know, because um, this actually leads into my next question. Because for me, I, I'm a firm believer, especially as I've been doing this longer and longer and longer. I only want to work with people I actually want to be friends with. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been told before, well, you know, some some of the best people in the industry, they're, you know, best people in the industry, they might not be nice, you might not like working, but they're really going to get stuff done for you. I'm like, well, not interested because I want to like who I'm working with. I want to be able to go out for a tea or coffee. I want to have a chat with them and just laugh. You know what I mean? That is so important to me, as important as what they're able to, what we're able to do for each other. You know what I mean? It's so important. That's just how I like to to work, you know, maybe for better or for worse, but whatever. No, um, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's uh, maybe that's sort of our downfall in, in a way. Um, maybe that means that we miss out on a few opportunities because we put our our heart and soul and our integrity ahead of the bullshit of the mm-hmm. industry. Um, but so be it. You know, my thought is just let's just keep doing that. Let's just kind of try to weed out the assholes. Um, and, and then maybe, you know, we'll start to create an environment and a community where it's the place that we want to work and, and everyone is, you know, there's, I, I kind of feel like we're, we're ultimately responsible for the, uh, for the future of this industry. Um, you know, cause who there, there's no union in the music industry and we're doing it all. So it's up to us. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I love that. Well, that's, that's why I want to ask you if you have any tips for um, an artist looking for, quote unquote, the right publicist for them. For the right publicist, you know, my um, my view on that is is to just go with your gut um, and and go with someone who you. <laughs> I'm laughing because that is the thread that is tied in is all it? our shows. Yeah. Every yeah. single one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every. Oh, I love it. I well, love so it. let me. It, so, okay, go with your gut, but but also go into it to choose a publicist. Go with someone who you like. Go with someone who you feel you can talk to, who you feel that you can actually trust. Because it, at least as far as I do PR, if you're going to be set up with a publicist, you've got three to six to 12 months where you're just in it with them. You know, you're in the trenches. And I think personally, if they're doing their job right, then you're talking with them maybe every day, whether that's text or email or over the phone, um, maybe every other day, at least once or twice a week, at least. Um, so if you don't feel that you can have that dialogue and you don't feel that you can kind of just jive and hang with them, then they're not the person that you want to be working with. So my rule of thumb is, um, when, when I'm choosing clients to work with and when I'm telling them, you know, you're, I'm sure you're meeting with tons of different publicists, choose the one who you feel like you can sit down and have a beer with who you want to have a beer with, you want to just hang and chill with. Um, because if you can't do that, then like, uh, it makes me nervous as to what the campaign's going to look like. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's and, one of the uh, things I really liked about you when, you know, when, when we initially started emailing, I loved how well you knew your clients and you would email me all these different facts and <laughs> things like, even though they maybe weren't a hundred percent relevant to the, the general subject that we were going to be talking about, you're like, you might want to know this because this is a nice little thing about them. You know, you might want to talk about this because, you know, just all these little things. And I was just so impressed, like how well you knew them. And, and it kind of goes back to your ethos of Redbook PR that you want to, you know, treat them like family. And I think that, that very much goes hand in hand with them. Um, you know, that's how you know you've got the right client and that's how they know they've got the right publicist is when this all comes together and people like us get nice emails from you that make our job so much easier because you know that client inside out and they're in good hands because, you know, you've done a great job for them. So, Well, thank High you. Five. That means a lot. <laughs> 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 you know, I think it's our responsibility to share um, not just advice and uh, in these, sort of, these sort of stories, but also examples of 
uh, bad things that have happened to us so that other people can avoid it. And I, I will say the first publicist I ever semi worked with, I'm going to say semi because I, I stopped working with them um, without naming any names. This, this publicist w- spent more time telling me everyone that they had worked with and trying to impress me than working right. for me, tried to change everything about me rather than bringing out the essence of who I am, uh, which is what it's all about. Uh, just try to change everything about my vision about a record that was already done. Anyways, that stopped. And then the next publicist I worked with um, spent most of the time making me feel like I was inadequate. Like, oh, well, you're not going to get this because no one knows you. You know, we're not. Go- well, I guess we'll send right. this. Like, wow. Well, that's your job to start getting people to know me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> why that's why I'm paying you. Right. So it's very. Um, uh, well, I have got other clients. I don't have much time, but I'll try to work with you. And it's, you know, this is many. This is a few years back on my last record. Uh, I've I've learned a lot since then. You know, and um, it, it, I just want to share that with some other people. If anyone makes you feel that way, and again, you know, from the beginning, I had a, not a good feeling in my gut with both of these situations. Listen to that. You know, because there was a dichotomy between my gut and my mind. My mind was telling me, whoa, look who they worked with. That's great. You know, ah, bear with this. This is great. This is great. But the gut the whole time was just, no, something's not right. You know, that's fine. They might be great for these people. And just like someone might be great for me and terrible for someone else. So it just comes back to that that gut brain. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to change this oh. show to just be Bridge Atlantic, <laughs> colon, gut brain, <laughs> gut brain conversations. <laughs> Um, are you ready for 20 questions, Laura? Um, hold on, wait. Coffee. Or tea. <laughs> okay, ready. I just asked you the first question. <laughs> oh, coffee, yes. <laughs> Meat or veggies? Meat. Oh, you were getting along so well, Laura. <laughs> I like veggies too, but I'm okay, just thinking okay. about brisket tacos right now. <laughs> TV or Netflix? TV. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Yoga or yogurt? Yogurt. Canada or Scotland? Ooh. Scotland. This is where she she decides, who do I offend? (laughs) (laughs) That's what everyone thinks. Cookies or cupcakes? Oh, oh, um, cookies. Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? Oh no. Oh no. Um which records? Um, as, as a, a whole. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of names right <laughs> now. As a, as a whole, Katy Perry. Oh wow. Los Angeles or New York? Uh Los Angeles. I'd pick that too. As much Talent as I love New York. Or attitude. Attitude. Indie or major? Indie. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Champagne or popcorn? Champagne. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Education or experience? Experience. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? (laughs) My mom would say Michael Bolton. I'm going to say Michael Jackson. All three of (laughs) them. Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake? Uh, currently Justin Bieber. Wow. Batman or Superman? Mm. Did you feel judged when I said that well, by the way? (laughs) Batman? Batman. Or Superman? Batman. (laughs) 
Whale or kale? <laughs> oh no no though laura don't think that highly of us it simply rhymes <laughs> it just rhyme that's all kale kale that sounds good because then i did meat before so there's a vegetable speaking of rhyming and just having nothing to do with one another bet midler or the riddler bet midler and finally the most important question I think you'll be asked in her, her life, Ross? Mm, potentially. Potentially. Most probably. I mean, probably. <laughs> Ross or Marcio? Oh, no. Okay, That's... before you answer. <laughs> let me answer. Let me, make, let me make an argument. And I feel the need, because I often lose this. I feel the need to actually make an argument for yourself. You may have known Ross longer. We may have just met. You know, I'm really digging this. But I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. I've got a, who knows what the what the future holds for us, Laura? Who knows, you know, just saying, just let's just keep yeah. that in mind when we uh, oh. make our decision. Now, I know you. I know most publicists don't like receiving unsolicited pitches like that. So feel free to delete that and ignore it, and uh, and just go with your gut, whether it's me or Marcio. You know. Um. Uh. God, you guys, that's so horrible. Don't ask me that. I'm. A, I'm. You're, you asked me. Um, I'm going to have to go with Ross. Only, yeah. only because I already know Ross. <laughs> there's time, cry. though. There's, I there's always time lose. For us. <laughs> I always why you, lose. Why do you always lose? What's happening? Um, mostly because Ross has the really cute hair. I think that's really what it is. But you you have, have to admit. Yeah, that's what it is. Is that what it is, Ross? It has nothing to do with your character. <laughs> Who knows? We don't really know. We don't know. It's all good. It's all in good fun, I say, to make myself feel better. So everyone can find you at redbootpr.com, um, as well as btrtoday.com. Uh, your Twitter and Instagram are redbootpr, and your Facebook is redbootpr. And how amazing it is to have a publicist that has very um, consistent... <laughs> social media branding and ways to find them because that would probably be the first lesson for social media advice from right. a publicist to an artist um as for me i'm working on my second solo album and you can be a part of it at marcinvalley.com slash pledge i also recently released my award-winning documentary walking proof which chronicles the making of my debut solo album and you can watch that for free at marcinvalley.com slash walking proof uh, make sure to follow me on twitter facebook instagram and spotify which are all my name marciano valley and I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work, including the site I did for Laura's client, Gabe Dixon, and my blog post at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi, and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton, the rock star advocate, Buck Naked Soap Company, and Social Surge. All companies are amazing, and I think that you need to go check them out now. All links are in the show notes. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. And one thing I just realized, we, we're only almost we're only like almost 100 episodes into Bridge the Atlantic. Uh, we never advertise Bridge the Atlantic's links. So if, <laughs> it's just, you know, one of those things we've just. Why would we want to do that? I don't know. And it just occurred to me. So if you want to follow us online on uh, we're, we're pretty much Bridge the Atlantic across board on, on Facebook and Instagram. We are Bridge the Atlantic. Um, our website is um, irritatingly bridge dash the dash Atlantic dot com. And on Twitter, we are bridge underscore Atlantic. I know we just threw so much at you guys. Um, thank you to our viewers and listeners for putting up with about, what, like 30 links there or something? <laughs> <laughs> 
this but they're all for you your own can, good. What can you do so. for us? What can you do for us? Follow <laughs> us. Follow all of us. We we are so hungry for your attention. <laughs> Laura, like this it. has been really great. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad uh, Ross invited you on the show. Um, Me this too. A, Thank a you, guys. You. My pleasure. Anytime. Let's uh, let's talk about butterflies and all that good stuff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we can talk about butterflies. It's the butterfly effect. I think. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.